millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to today's Hulkcast episode, where we will be turning our attention towards this weekend's fixture on the South Coast against Southampton. If you've been here before or know the channel at all, then it will be no surprise to you that I do not tackle these preview episodes alone. And today, our very special guest for this episode is the Athletics Southampton expert, Jacob Tanswell. How are you, Jacob? I'm doing really well, thank you. Obviously, uh, we were supposed to do this in September, weren't we? Uh, Before the uh, Queen's passing and then obviously a few things got mixed around. I went on holiday and uh, Salamson, I think they lost that game 1-0. But I don't think, can anyone remember it? Because it just seemed like a completely awful game from what I I can recall. I mean, well, yeah, a lot's changed in that time. Two different managers in the dugout and our teams are faring very, very differently from that time. So, yeah, a completely new fixture to talk about, uh, new beginnings. Now let's move straight on to Southampton. Currently bottom of the table on goal difference. Um, I saw that a win this weekend could actually move you up to 14th, whereas Villa 11th, a win would put us level on points with Chelsea and Liverpool. Just talk to me, because obviously bottom of the league never looks great. How How is the state of affairs at Southampton on, at the moment? How does it feel? If you asked me that 10 days ago, I'd probably say it's on the floor in terms of you know fans wanting Nathan Jones out already. Uh, the players not quite sure what they're doing uh, in terms of the systems. Uh, fans, you know, 22,000 were there uh, at the game against Man City in the Carabao, Carabao Cup quarterfinals. So you kind of got a sense of, you know, people were losing hope, really. And then within seven days, three games later, they they win all three. Uh, and, you know, the, the mood's completely changed. I think there's a real sense of optimism and hope now that Southampton can get past this and out of this slump. And they've got a set of fixtures now. They've got, obviously, Villa on Saturday. They've got Brentford. They've got the Carabao Cup semi-finals wedged in between those. And it feels like it's a quite a favourable set of fixtures coming up. And this is the window now for Southampton to get the points, you know, to get that window of opportunity almost. I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I, I myself came on the episode last week and said that a week in football is, you know, the longest time period of all. Like anything can change and moods can lift or or be put down. Now, I've got in my notes here, all gloom for Southampton, question mark. Now, obviously, you mentioned the semi-final of the League Cup, obviously taking Man City's scalp in the quarterfinal and winning your last three games in all competitions, as well as beating Everton in the league, which almost felt to a neutral, correct me if I'm wrong, as almost a bit of a six-pointer this early on in the season. Um, mm. Just how quickly have, have things changed around and where can you see Southampton ending up now? I think it's with Southampton, they've always had this, especially under Ralph Harsnett as well, it's where fortunes can go from being absolutely horrendous to being fantastic to being horrendous again. They're never quite in the middle. They, they're either fantastic or, or, or awful. Um, you know, Harsnett, most of Southampton's survival seasons really have come in this period between, you know, six, seven games where they win five of them and they basically, you know, move away from the drop, really. I think you saw that last year. Southampton were really bad at the start of the season. 
finish it completely awfully. But they had that gap in, I think, between December and January and leading into February where they won a lot of games and they managed to managed to really turn around their season. I think that's what fans fans are used to now. And I think Slampton, one of the reasons why they uh, sacked Harsnitz was because they thought they could get a new manager bounce and really pick up these points really quickly. Obviously, it didn't happen in the first couple of games at Brighton and Fulham and Forest. But after that, I think you know the win at Everton, however bad Everton may be, I think there's a real confidence now that you know, Villa come to Slampton you know, uh, and, uh, and Slampton beat them as well. Yeah, you mentioned, obviously, the new manager bounce. Nathan Jones came in, which, again, from from a neutral point of view, it seemed as quite a weird option. You know, he'd left Luton for Stoke. It didn't quite work out at Stoke, went back to Luton, and it seemed as though he'd almost found a club that, you know, he suited, and it just seemed to click. So to see him jump ship again to Southampton, it, it felt a bit of a weird one. How did it feel to Southampton fans and how has he endeared himself to the fans almost? Yeah, uh, I think in terms of Southampton's fans' reaction, it was a little bit uh, underwhelming because you got to remember that these fans have been used to play, you know, managers like Pochettino coming in, Ronald Koeman coming in, Ralph Hossington coming in, all with Champions League pedigree or you know top elite European coaching. And they see a guy who's done really well at, at Luton, terribly at Stoke, you know, he's Welsh, not really many people know about him, and he's not the most glamorous appointment, is he? So I think there was, a, you know, not much credit in the bank to start off with. And then you saw the first couple of games where Samson was changing systems all the time. I think they changed systems 13 times in four games, uh, in the game, in between games as well. And there was no real playing style. It was very direct to start off with. And I think fans, you know, really took to Nathan Jones. They really criticised him because normally Slamster fans are quite patient. They're willing to give managers plenty of time. You know, they, they took three and a half years to turn on Ralph Harsin at all. So the fact they turned on Nathan Jones after, what, three and a half games maybe, uh, spoke volumes. And, he, you know, he there was a lot of shouts about how bad his football was. There was booing at the end of the game against Forest. Nathan Jones probably hasn't helped himself either in that respect. He, uh, he criticised the fans and asked for patience. And he was, you know, he, he was quite surprised and taking it back by the reaction uh, so there's been a few teething issues and uh, I think the jury's still out but obviously that week where you win three in a row is, is massive for him and uh, you know he's not out of the woods yet but I think if he can beat Villa I think that's a real big step in terms of winning around a lot of fans as well yeah completely I mean well when you're in a relegation battle as it seems you are at the moment fans are always going to be on edge and you know I completely understand it I remember Villa bringing in Remy Gard uh, once and you know he drew to Man City in his first game and then I don't think he won a game since taking us down so yeah and no, I, I completely understand now looking at Southampton one of your few bright sparks this season uh, no stranger to Villa was linked to Villa quite heavily a few years ago is James Ward-Prowse just how crucial is he to your side at the moment? I would argue that he's probably the most reliant uh, player at a middling or lower Premier League team out of anyone in the Premier League, really. Uh, um, he's so, so important to Slampton. He's the captain. He's a talisman. He does everything in the dressing room. He's the main source of goals without free kicks, open play. Uh, and he's he's just integral. Uh, without Ward-Prowse, I'd hate to think where Slampton would have been in the last two, three years. He's, he's you know, he's. I wrote a post it, I wrote a piece on Sunday, I think it was, that I said that he's probably a Slampton legend already. He's up there in the in the brackets of Matt Letizia and and Franny Benali as well. And I think if Slampton fans were prepared to lose Wall Prowse, it wouldn't be for a team like Aston Villa. And no no offence. Um 
you know, there's a lot of talk about him going to Villa, but I think that and he signed a new contract with no release clause, which was important. And he's now 28 now. Um, and, you know, that window of opportunity to move is probably narrowing a little bit, isn't it? I think if he is going to go, especially with how important he is at Slampton, how indeed he is here, um, he'd probably be for a top six club. But yeah, going back to your question, Seb, he's, he's, he's so, so important. And he's, you know, without Slam, without him now, Slampton would probably be dead and buried. Well, there you go. Just how do Villa stop him then on Saturday? Is it is it as easy as just don't foul any Southampton players <laughs> in and around the area? Or is it I, something deeper than that? He's recently been playing the last three games, actually been playing in a number 10 role and no one's really seen that from Ward Prowse. He's used to being in a double pivot in that number six or eight role. He's been playing really forward at number 10, you know, get, got licensed to get in the box. I don't know if you saw his equaliser against Everton, that perfectly demonstrating it. Him and Adams up top combined very well. And, you know, I know a lot of teams probably said the last three years don't give War Prowse any free kicks out round the box, but they, they still do. And, you know, Slampton are aware of that and they try to win those fouls in, in those areas. Um, and if you, he does get a free kick in and around the area, he's actually better away from home than home. So it might give you a bit of saving grace. Um, you know, I've seen a few teams try and run back and put one of the team on the on the unmanned post you know Everton did that on Saturday and he still went over the head so um yeah I think if you do consider free kicking around that area it's probably better better worth praying than anything else hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, yeah, it wasn't too long ago that he scored two in one game at Villa Park. So we're we're no strangers to uh, James (laughs) Ward-Prowse set piece. Um, Moving on slightly, obviously, we're currently sat in January. And as a football fan, that's one of the most exciting months in terms of the January transfer window being open. Now, it, it seems, again, from a neutral point of view, that it couldn't be any more crucial to Southampton to get this right uh, with it being your position at the moment in the table. You've made two acquisitions so far. Miroslav Orsic, who was heavily linked to Burnley when they were in a similar situation to you last year. And also Carlos Alcaraz coming in. What can you tell us about your two incoming so far? I think it's really, really interesting, actually. Um, in terms of uh, Miroslav Orsic, he's not a player that's something to really go for. He's older than the 25-year-old gap uh, or you know, cap really that they would go for, uh, but he was only six million, low cost, low risk, brings a bit of experience that Nathan Jones wanted uh, from the start of the of the month. And Alcaraz is probably someone that's more in line with what Salamson want. You know, dynamic, powerful, young. 
pressing monster uh, who, who's there to get goals, really. And Slams have had an issue. Apart from more Prowse, maybe they've not got enough goals from all different departments. And Alcaraz is one of those players that has been described as like a Frank Lampard who gets in the box really late. And it'll be really interesting to see if he starts because he had a real busy week last week, come flying over from Argentina, still managed to play half an hour against Everton. But he just sense maybe now, you know, with a week to acclimatise, uh, he might be uh, worth starting, and that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, I think Orsic, I think he could come in, but Slams have been quite good in in uh, in the left wing position recently with obviously Samuel Doozy from Man City. Well, you've mentioned we've mentioned incomings for Southampton. Now let's turn our attention to Villa's January transfer window so far. Just like Southampton, two incomings at the moment. One being left back Alex Moreno, who looks set to start after Dinya picked up an injury against Leeds midweek. Alex Moreno actually had an eventful debut. He could have quite easily scored and he also blocked one off the line as well. Looked full of energy when he came on, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do with a full 90 minutes. And another one, and a player I'll admit I'm not too sure about, is MLS striker, Colombian-born John Duran. We signed him from Chicago Fire, the 19-year-old, for just shy of 20 million, I believe. Now, it didn't look as though he was going to start against Southampton or be involved in any way, should I add, because he had an under-20s competition with Colombia. However, it's since been said that he has withdrawn from that competition to focus on his commitments with Villa. So it could well be that he'll be in the squad for that one. Where that leaves Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings, I'm not too sure. Watkins is currently coming back from an injury, so it could well be that Danny Ings starts against Southampton on Saturday. So it'll be interesting to see if he can maybe come off the bench and make an instant impact um, against you at the weekend. Now, Let's look forward slightly. Villa have won their last two meetings with Southampton, I think we previously mentioned, with an aggregate score of 5-0. However, that being said, last win at St Mary's was 2016, the year we went down in a 4-2 victory. So we've really struggled to beat you at St Mary's since coming back up. How do you see this one going? I think it would be really difficult. I think if Slamson get the first goal, I think he'll give him confidence. Uh, it's only because Slamson's home form is the worst in the league. So if they go and they've had an issue recently of conceding early goals at home, and when you concede early goals, you're in the back foot straight away, not only in terms of the scoreline in the game, but the atmosphere as well. Slamson fans, it feels like they've seen it all before and there's a little bit of apathy and it goes quite quiet at the stadium and it's difficult for players to you know, get any confidence or, and get things going really. So I think it's going to be really important that first goal and how Slamson start. Um, but if they can, can continue to do what they've done in terms of showing that composure on the ball like they did at Everton at Gates Man City, real and real pre- and really press because if they press like they used to under Hart until they win the fans back, you you'll notice a substantial increase in atmosphere as well. So I think those two are the most important factors straight away. And if they do those, I like to think that they've got a really good chance of winning. And uh, I think they have to win because Slamson have always been a team that gives false. Hope, false optimism. So they need to go on this run of form now, which isn't will be the difference between survival and relegation. Yeah, I mean, picking up two, three wins in a row, like I said earlier, can see you jump from you know twentieth to fourteenth, and that mm. for a team in your position is is monumental. Now, one slightly different question for you. Obviously, not many people who are watching this episode will have seen too much of Southampton this season. None more so than yourself. Now, if you had to switch your allegiances this weekend and put yourself in Unai Emery's shoes, how would you go about beating Southampton? Having seen what you've seen and know what you know about Southampton, how would you instruct the Villa players to get the best result this weekend? (laughs) Um, 
I'd, I'd probably say that you you can really let the centre backs have the ball. Um, uh, the, you know, apart from Sletter sign, uh, you know the others aren't very progressive, and you can set traps like Forest did. I'm not sure if you've seen Forest's goal for their one nil win, but they let Lianko have the ball, uh, and he eventually made a mistake, and Brennan Johnson slid and scored. And if you remember in the reverse fixture, I remember this really a lot because I wrote an article about it. Is Villa actually? When but Gavin Bazuni had the ball, they recognised that Slamson wanted to kick long all the time from goal kicks, so they literally put every player in their half and let centre backs uh, have the ball, and they didn't really have an answer. They couldn't play out from the back, so I think if Villa um, do that again, I think it could cause issues in terms of setting traps. And if you know if they're successful in those first couple of times, and Slamson's centre backs are a little bit nervy, then it will just completely change the atmosphere. Um, you saw that in the reverse fixture, and you'll see it now. Um, I think, but I think in terms of the overall. Uh, set up Samson look okay uh, it's really important that Romeo Lavia plays because in midfield without Lavia um, there seems to be a bit of a donut shaped uh, formation with uh, not much in the middle so um, yeah I think there's a few ways that at Villa can uh, target Samson for sure well there we go from what you've described it looked as though it could be it has the taste of a really interesting fixture this weekend now that leaves me with two questions to end this episode with with the first one being probably the most difficult of all uh i don't think i've seen many people get it right i especially am useless at them and that is your (laughs) score prediction for this weekend Do you know what? I always predict Slampton to win, and the only time I haven't is when they play Man City away. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm going to stick to that, and I'm going to say a two-one win Slampton. But I think it's more out of uh, your heart than than the head. <laughs> I'm exactly the same with Villa. I I can't say anything. And then the last one to end this episode off. We always end with a non-football related question, which gets passed down from our guests each week. Um, so your non-football related question this week is what is your favourite TV series to binge and why? Oh, that's outstanding, that question. Um, I really liked, obviously, I, I, would have, I don't know if I binge it again, but I really liked uh, Making a Murderer on Netflix. Nice. I, I, I watched it during lockdown and I I, I think, what is it, 20 episodes? And I, I watched it within a, probably under a week, really. It was it was mental. Um, but yeah, I really like that. But anything to do in, on Netflix, uh, I'm a big fan of The Crown as well, actually. So um, anything on Netflix, I, I'll tend to watch. There we go. The Crown. The Crown is one I have <laughs> seen, in fact, so I can get behind that. Um, now, a question to be passed down to next week's episode. Any question, as long as it's non-football related. Okay. Um, I would say, do you put the milk or the cereal in first? Oh, that's one I haven't heard, but surely that's an obvious <laughs> art. Wait, what do you Some do? people, Some people put milk in first. Do you put milk in first? No, I don't Don't know. Okay, good. Good. But if anyone, if few, anyone puts I've spoken to a few people first. recently and they say milk milk first, and I, no. I just think they're, they're absolutely strange. Who does that? I know. It's, Who it's are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's a brilliant way to end this episode. Um, Jacob, a massive thank you to joining me. This episode wouldn't have been possible without you. If anyone wants to go and follow Jacob on Twitter, it is at J underscore Tanswell, where you can see all his work, Southampton based. Uh, a massive thank you to listening for this episode. If you're new here and want to follow us on Twitter, it is at 7500 to halt. Again, a massive thank you to joining. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and up the villa.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.